This is the BBC. This podcast is supported by advertising outside the UK. BBC Sounds. Music, radio, podcasts. Warning, this podcast contains an angry Yorkshireman. Listener discretion is advised. The TMS Podcast at the Ashes. Download and subscribe via the BBC Sounds app. It's bold! Oh, bold by a beauty! Pitched in the rough and turned a mile. Both of them swings again, hits that. It's six runs, it's a six runs, that's his hundred. Goff runs away on a hat trick and he bowls to Miller. He's bowled him! Darren Goff has taken a hat trick. No, is it? Is it the Ashes? Yes, England have won the Ashes. Hello from Headingley, where England have endured a desperate day, if we're honest. Bowled out for 67 in under 28 overs, with just one batsman making double figures. At the close, Joe Root's side trailed by 283, with four Australian wickets still to take, and now have a huge task to prevent Australia from retaining the ashes over the weekend. We'll hear from Alistair Cook, the batting coach Graham Thorpe as well, shortly, but we'll start with Michael Vaughan's assessment. The TMS podcast at Headingley for the third test of the Ashes. Well, it's just not good enough. You know, I think um, you go back to yesterday, the conditions were perfect for England with the ball. Gloomy, the lights were on, there was a bit of drizzle. They had plenty of time to get in the dressing room and rest because there were so many interruptions. Arrived this morning, the atmosphere around the ground, the atmosphere out in the middle was, wait a minute, how lucky have England been? You know, it was almost unfair what Australia had to bat in yesterday to what England were going to have to bat in on day two. Um... You know, the message was very simple and I'm pretty sure it would have been the same message in the team. You've got to play with discipline at Henley. You know that within the first two hours with a new ball, when you're facing a bit of quality, you will have to play well and you've got to earn the right. You just look at what Labuschagne's done this afternoon. He hasn't scored at a rate. He's just hung in there and he's occupied the crease. He's had two or three scoring areas. He's let the ball go through to the keeper. He's worn the opposition down. He's played and missed it a few. He's scored a few ugly runs. I don't see that from the England team. And I haven't seen it for four years, Aggers. They don't seem to want to do that. No, they don't don't look to me like they're willing to put the hard work in. And that is probably the... the, the, In in the middle, you mean? Yeah, yeah, in the practice. I'm sure they're working hard. But in the middle, it's where it counts. Yeah. I'm not interested in how much work they do in the practice ground because you're not scoring runs that matter. You know, you're not affecting the opposition in the practice ground. What, for me, is a real concern that every time this England Test match batting lineup, and you've got to go back over four years, every time it's been put under pressure, and when I mean pressure, it's coming up against a decent bowling attack in conditions that are just a little bit helpful, they get blown away. They don't get bowled out, they get blown away. And it's not that they get, you know, bowled out by absolute jaffs. You think, you know what, well, if... England had bowled Australia out yesterday, you'd have probably gone, well, fair enough. You know, they'd have bowled them out for 67 yesterday. You go, well, the conditions are so in your favour. You can bowl Jaffers in those conditions. The ball that Stuart Broad bowled to Travis said, it's unplayable. Yes. Whereas, was there any unplayable balls today, this morning? You know, Joe Root got a good ball, that's a good cherry. Um, you're looking at the driver, Jason Roy. It, it's so predictable. That's the frustration. You know, you've been around cricket for years and years. And this England Test match batting lineup, they're just too predictable because you knew. 10 for 2, you know what's going to happen. You know that they're going to try and have a dash. You know that they're going to try and... and, and that's, but that's what's wrong, isn't it? I mean, a 10 for 2, you, you, you fight you, and you don't get out and you, and you make the bowlers work and, you, and all of those things. But, but you're absolutely right that the philosophy of this team seems to be attack and, uh, you know, whatever the situation. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, if, if you're looking at the scoreboard when you first go in and, and the opposition have a number of 400... Well, there's pressure on you. When the opposition have got a number of 179, you know as a team that if you bat one day, 
even if you're about 70 overs that, of that day, you're going to get a lead. You're going to score at 2.6 is minimum, probably threes in the afternoon, and then it'll probably be a bit more towards the end, and you end up with 2.22.30. Uh, that's not a big number, and England should get more than that, but that's just sensible play, and England should quite comfortably have been able to face quality Hazelwood, Cummings, Pattinson, the high class, Nathan Lyons, a high class off spinner, but... You know, with that talent in that dressing room, I'm sorry, it's just not good enough. And, you know, it, it, this isn't just, uh, you know, us kind of getting to the point of having a pop. It's been happening too many yeah. times. They've been bowled out for under 100 four times. Mm. In, in my under whole, 80, I think, in, in the last 18 in, in, in months. My, I think I was, you know, in a team that bought, was bowled out for 40-odd at Leicester one year in the county championship. In Test cricket, bowled out for under 100 four times with that amount of talent. And we've talked about how deep, the England batting line of Piz and how, you know, the likes of Wokes at eight and then you've got Joffre at nine. It's not down to them, but this England batting line, it's not a batting line that stops at seven. Mm. You know, it's not one that you go, oh, the tail will always get blown away. You know, it's a batting line that should be able to get in any conditions, even when it's tough, they should be able to get at least 225, 250 in tough circumstances. It's the pressure card, they just can't cope with it. No. I don't like you, but it... It does feel a bit of a watershed moment, this. Yeah. Uh, it, it just does. I, I don't know why, particularly, it should be today and not on the other collapses we've talked about. But, well, I guess it because, because it is today and the day that people were looking forward to, anticipating and so on. It, it just feels like a complete letdown today and, and that, and that it, you know, it, it sort of can't carry on like this. No, I guess what disappoints me is that um, two years ago we were in Australia and they got hammered 4-0. And there was a few of us watching and, and almost sent the message to the team just be careful because this Australian team are a damn sight closer to winning in England than you are to winning in Australia mm. now don't just think because you're going to get back in English conditions with a duke ball that you'll blow this Australian team away because I could see that the Aussies would suddenly start to work together as a, a group to tensely get you know you look at what they've done with Peter Siddle in the first two games they've come here with a plan yep. you know it's the best prepared Australian team that we've had here for many many years the, the way that they brought lots of A, a players over to get lots of cricket for around the World Cup and then play, you know, a little bit of counties of Lavishane playing for Glamorgan, Bancroft playing for Durham. So they've been ultimately prepared. This England team have not been prepared for this. You look at the, the test team over the course of the last two or three years, there's been swaps and changes. There was two spenders last year, Adil Rashid, Moeen Ali, not one of those are playing now in the test match team. We've had uh, England captains, Joe Root batting at number four, the first dash stage goes to number three, Jason Roy and Roy Burns, an opening partnership for the second time against Australia. Uh, in the first test of an Ashes, um, it, it's been haphazard. And, you know, I, I'm at the stage now that um, I really do think that two years ago, I thought it was getting close where England lost in New Zealand. They got blown away in Auckland in that first test match. And there was talk that they were going to go with Trevor Bayliss just to focus on white ball cricket and they were going to bring a red ball specialist mm. test match coach. They should have done it. And looking forward now, I look at the amount of cricket that these guys are playing. Is it possible for one person and one set of backroom to do all three formats? I think it's near on impossible. You know, I would put test match cricket on its own, get a test match specialist coach, a test match specialist team, and their focus is purely on making sure that the England test match team are going to be competitive in Australia next time round. Because, let's be honest, uh, the Ashes are going back to Australia. Yeah, They are, they're, they're retained. I can't see how England win this test match. Uh, they might get a little bit of hope at Old Trafford and Old Trafford. I doubt it. You know, Steve Smith coming back, this was England's opportunity. Their best player wasn't playing. Um, I hope they can start really getting together, like they did in white ball cricket four years ago, where it was a strategic plan, get the right style of player, the right coach, 
England really have taken their eye off Test match cricket. That's the honest truth, yeah. and they've got to be honest with themselves that Joe Root is going to get pelters, and he'll understand that. Do you think he's under pressure? Yes, he is. Yeah. Has he had enough support as an England captain over the course of the last two years leading into this series? I don't think he has. I think it's all been about winning this World Cup. It's almost been, all right, we're playing a Test series, right? Who are we picking? They'll say that it's not, and there has been lots of planning. There's no way the planning has gone into this series like the planning went in for the World Cup. And of course, that was a great moment, and we needed to win a World Cup. Yes. But let's be honest, for English cricket fans, you know, the fans that pay lots of money, the fans that have travelled all over the world, they generally like the Test game. You know, this is our bread and butter. We beat Australia in English conditions. And unfortunately, over the course of the next few weeks, this England team, you know, particularly the next couple of days, Australia's, I'm sure, will win here. That's 2 0. And two to play, this England side are going to have to show a lot of courage and, and pride to get back and try and win a couple of games to try and level the series. But I just don't see that happening with the way that they keep being so inconsistent. You know, they play one week where they dig in and they fight and they show a lot of uh, discipline towards the situation of the game. You look at that fifth day at Lords, you know, that Josh Butler-Ben Stokes partnership. It was discipline. They dug yep. in. Yep. You didn't see that this morning. You know, Why? We shall, we shall find out when, as and when Graham appears. But at the moment, there's, uh, there's no sign of him. Do you think that they, they, they are going to change personnel now? I mean, if they, lo- if they lose this game, there doesn't seem to be much point in, in persisting with... I mean, Jason Roy, I'm afraid, it just doesn't look the part at this level. I, I, I was, it's a shame. I just thought that, actually, this morning, it was kind of set up for him, in yeah, a way. Yeah. If, if, if he could have done something... In, in, the, in the, the Jason Roy wave, spanked a quick 60 without only that small Australian total there. It might have sent a bit of panic and the field set back. You've just got to be careful that you don't end up picking players that haven't done enough to be picked. You know, just picking another player, is that going to change? It's more the mentality. Yeah. You know, it's mentality that I worry about more than personnel. I'm not one for uh, massive changes. You know, the decent players. It's more about how we did we get the Test Match team playing the test match way on a consistent basis why is it that like, last week they dug in and they come at to Henley a few days after and the team are only looking at 179 and they play atrociously mm. because of mentality you know it wasn't technical it's just mentality chasing the ball playing so that shot that Ben Stokes, ben Stokes on the back of 100 did you see him chase a shot wide outside off stump at Lords a few days ago no so why has he done it this morning? You know, that shot that Jason Roy played, the big drive Joe Denley played, the hook shot that Rory Burns played, Josh Butler caught an extra cover. I mean, you, you can go from one to seven or eight dismissals. It's funny, isn't it, because you can't even say it's pressure because those guys, apart from Denley, did it in the World Cup final. And, and, and that, that is pressure. Uh, yeah, of course, it's tough in a test match and so on. I know the ashes are, are, are up there, but... Well, I'll tell you, you what pressure is, I guess. Pressure is batting at this level when your scoreboard's not ticking because you're not going anywhere but you're just staying in and you're hanging in there and individually you're not looking after yourself you're looking after the team and I just wonder whether this test match team just at this stage are just looking after themselves a bit and they're looking for a score so they go chasing their own number you know can I get a quick 30 or 40 at least my score will be okay I hope I'm wrong by saying that but because of the shots that I keep seeing and because they're not allowing the ball to go through the keeper, and they're not allowing themselves just to just hang in and say to the Aussies, right, you're going to have to bowl me a Jaffa. You know, you're going to have to bowl me a great delivery. And if you do so, shake the bowlers down and say, well, ball. I don't see that mentality enough in this England Test match lineup. And it's been happening far too long. Yeah. You know, you can, you can go through all the teams that they've played. This venue now, England will have lost, if they lose this week, four in six. This yeah. is Headingley. This yeah. is our backyard. Yeah. This yeah. is English conditions. Sri Lanka, 
outplayed by Sri Lanka here at Headland. The West Indies chased down that target on the last day. New Zealand and now Australia. All right, this Australian bowl attack are high quality. You know, and we're pinpointing the batting and it's absolutely right, but I still think whenever we come here as a bowling, I still don't think we bowl straight enough. I think you can bowl too wide. Yeah. And that's just, you know, having to go at the bowl. We might as well, we might as well have a go at the, the lot of it. It's been rubbish. Yes. Um, you know, but against Sri Lanka a few years ago, it was exactly the same. Against the West Indies, bowled too wide. What Australia did this morning was off stump line all morning, off stump. Can you play a forward defence? Can you play a forward defensive to an 85 mile an hour full length delivery? Most of the England players can't do that. Alistair Cook's up there listening and he knows he knows what it means when we're still 20 minutes and there's no one been flushed out of the dressing room yet, Alistair, don't you? There's, there's something going on up there behind closed doors. No, Headingley hasn't been this ground, a great ground for England over, over the last few years. Uh, and maybe he is absolutely right. Maybe we do bowl a little bit wide um, and we challenge the nick. Um, but Australia bowled fantastically well today. They got it absolutely right. Helped by some soft shots from from England um, and the highlights will never look good but you don't see the pressure that they were building up Hazelwood and Cummings were building on the, on the players the scoreboard was not going anywhere and they challenged England and they weren't good enough to, to handle it no. but it's, um, yeah, it's I, I haven't felt quite so dejected in terms of the optimism I had when I walked into the ground today when I opened the curtains this morning and saw it the sun out I thought well, it will be a good day for batting get through that first hour get them into their second and third spells and you will you will reap the rewards you'll be batting after after tea and we'll score quickly but um, Australia didn't let them do that it didn't get through their first spells and no. they're, in, they're in a great position how responsible we're about to talk to Graham Thorpe how, how responsible is the coach I mean do, do, he's being pushed out here because the team's been bowled out for 67 but how, how much of it is his fault or how much explaining is he expected to do well ultimately the players are responsible for the performance it's the 11 who go out there and there here he comes I think I think England have got great resources great um, great practice facilities and and good coaches but it's down to the players who who, to, who do deliver obviously you work with with players and players do work with coaches um, away from the game as well but um, there he is I can just see Thorpe he's here come on then Graham uh, where do we start with that? I mean, it's, it's, it's unfortunate that the coach will be pushed out to explain a batting performance like that, but where, where do you start? Well, we're, we're naturally very disappointed you know, with, the, with our, our first innings uh, score. You know, it's, uh, it's, uh, it was a, a, a sort of a golden opportunity for us today. Um, and while we're certainly in our dressing room, and we're not going to walk back in our dressing room and say we can't win it, we've made, uh, we've made it a damn sight harder uh, to be able to achieve that. But... We will come in in the morning. We'll try to knock them over as quickly as we can, and we'll try to set about not, uh, getting that score, whatever they set us. Um, but you know, there was some poor shots uh, today. There was—I I give credit to Australian bowlers. They bowl the ball in a very good area, as they have done uh, uh, up front, you know, through this series already. So we know that. We know which the challenge uh, has been at Edgebaston and at Lords, probably second. As you can see, when you get past those tougher periods. That you can you can put scores on the board. Um, it's not rocket science, though, is it? I mean, it's, way, it's the way you used to play, for goodness' sake. Yeah, I mean, for, for the certain areas in terms of you know um, you know playing the ball outside your eye line, you know, is is an area where we need to be more disciplined. You know, if you're playing sort of in a in a corridor or in a bubble, you know, where the ball is able to come to you, we need to get better at that, um, and that's really disappointing. Um, 
I think I, I interviewed I, you in Auckland. Yeah. Remember when yeah. England got blown away there? And I mean, yeah. I think we could almost replay the tape and you'd be saying more or less the same thing. Yeah, and, you know, we can look at formats of the game and, you know, what, what um, you know, the shorter forms and the impact which it has on, on Which is players. legitimate, I think, isn't it? Yeah, you know, and we can also look at, our, you know, a domestic uh, game as well. Um, and we can look at what we ha- have out there coming through as well and you know there, there aren't there aren't heaps coming through at the moment so we have to be able to work and be honest with our players as well and that's what that's what we are doing um, cold hard truth is today we weren't good enough yeah do you think that test cricket is sustainable with that amount of one day cricket that's being played and and the structure of, of the, the championship at the moment it can, can it carry on like this well, what it does do, I mean, it puts, I mean, test cricket is, is mentally challenging, mentally challenging. I mean, on many reasons, you know, I mean, because you can't hide, you know, you get bowled out for 67, you have to come back out for a full house and you might be feeling a bit down on yourself as well because you know you haven't put in a good performance. You know that you've uh, handed, uh, given the upper hand back to the opposition as well. You want to do well in the series. You know, it's an Ashes uh, series. You know you've got an opportunity after Lords. We've let it slip. We've let it slip, and we've let it slip badly today through a bad uh, batting performance. Um, But like I said, I give credit to Australia because we we generally know how they're going to attack us um, up front and through that first 30, 35, 40 over period um, of play. And at times we've got through it, but today we didn't, and we collapsed in a... Some are playing for their their places in in the second innings here now? Well, playing, you know, I mean, I always say... You know, whatever the situation is, you, you want to be able to score runs for your country. So that's really what I want to see uh, uh, tomorrow or whenever it is we come to bat, that, that pride in, and, that, and trying to find that discipline and that approach to shot selection as well. Um, and I know our guys don't want to make excuses, you know, and I'm not going to make excuses for them either. Um, it's tough test cricket, and if, you don't, uh, and if you don't get it right, if you don't mentally get it right, and then you don't make good decisions um, with your shot selection, you're going to be back in the hutch pretty quick. So we've got to get better and we've got to keep working with some of these players because these are the best players we have. You know? So we can throw it around as much as we like. Who could come in? There could be some, some little movements, you know, possibly within our order or the odd player here, but nothing major. Graham, thanks for talking to us. We've got to finish there. Thank you for coming out uh, and, uh, and and facing the music, as it were. The poor old coach, he always, he always ends up uh, in, in trouble, doesn't he, Alistair? Was that more or less what you expected? Yeah, I thought he spoke pretty honestly there, actually, and saying that when he came to the ground, they've let, today, they've let an opportunity slip, and I think that's how every English supporter will be thinking, that opportunity they had to, to really get back in this series um, after yesterday, with the cards falling into their place with the weather, and they weren't good enough. Yes, good bowling for Australia, but you're allowed to bowl well. It's just trying to limit the damage in those situations to get through and, and, and cash in later. And England just weren't good enough to do that. The TMS podcast at the Ashes. Download and subscribe via the BBC Sounds app. So let's get some reaction now from the Australians. Josh Hazelwood took five for 30 and he spoke to Jeff Lemon. What a day. 2015, you were playing in that game at Trent Bridge where they got you out for 60. You've just rolled England for 60 again and uh, how's it feel to get one back? Um, yeah, it feels pretty good. It didn't really feel like a, a collapse, I guess. We just um, continually kept taking wickets. Um, good pressure from both ends. I didn't think, you know, we, we went for many runs so we kept it nice and tight and it felt like the scoreboard didn't move, which was, which was good. 
It, it looks like you might be in for a tough day today. You know, the ball had been moving around so much yesterday. You come today, the sun's out, you think batting day. What was it today? Was there anything particularly in the pitch? Or was it just discipline? How did it work? Uh, yeah, I probably thought that when we woke up. There was another cloud in the sky, so um, you probably think batting day first of all. But I think we, did, we didn't just didn't try and do too much. We put the ball in the right areas. Um, there was a little bit, of, little bit of nibble there off the wicket, a little bit of swing, so... Um, I think just as a whole group, um, especially the quicks, obviously, uh, just put everything together, I guess, and, and had we took our chances and, and had a bit of luck along the way. So, um, yeah, it was a good day. Makes a big difference when you've got David Warner in at first slip taking a few <laughs> hangers as well. Absolutely, yeah. We um, Our slips are on fire today, so I hope that continues for the series. It looked like a really deliberate plan that you were disciplined and just hanging outside that off stump and then Pat Cummins was using the short ball more deliberately. You know, not too much, but just enough and picked out a couple of wickets with that as well. Was that a, a particular plan for you guys to balance that way? Yeah, I think that's that's our roles really and, and Paddy and um, and Jimmy can can be a bit more aggressive I think and, and I just do my thing from the other end, uh, building that pressure so get those guys uh, a bit shorter spells maybe and bowl a bit faster so um, I think it's a good mix at the moment. You guys have been really good about the rotation sort of thing you know, during this series, Mitch Stark and so on, you've all been very understanding of it. How did they break you up though after you three have bowled like this today? Yeah, hopefully that, that's obviously our goal when we go out and bowl is, is make it impossible for us to, to drop us. Um, I think you know, having depth in the squad creates that sort of mentality when we are bowling. Um, you know, you could be one poor spell away from getting dropped. So, um, such is the standard of, of the group um, with Stark and Siddle. Siddle's been excellent this series as well. So, um, yeah, it's world class. So, hopefully, hopefully it keeps up. You looked a little bit tired towards the back end of the Lords test. Was that? Were you feeling that a little bit, sort of coming back in for that first time? Yeah, I think so. It just sort of get, takes that one test to get some miles in the legs, really. Um, felt uh, really good out there today. So I think that 20 overs in a day when you haven't done it in a while is, is, is hard work and, you know, you just feel the effects of that. But I think once that's out of the way, then you you got the miles and legs, as I said, and, and it felt really good today. Last night you would have been hopeful but a little bit nervous, 179, thinking, oh, maybe maybe that's just not quite enough. But how does it feel to have come back and, and turn this match around so decisively? Yeah, I think, you know, we had one good partnership in that 180. Um, you know, everything was in their favour, probably with the cloudy skies, nice and dark. Um, good bowling conditions so I think the boys hung in well there we still lost I think it was 8 for 40 so some work to be done there but um, some good partnerships in this innings as well and um, yeah good day all around and just what an amazing day you know have you sort of absorbed it yet or this might be something you look back on in 10 years and think I can't believe we did that yeah I think it's you know still focused on the on what's left in the game um, at the moment so I think yeah something to look back on but still plenty of work to be done and um, you know see how we go tomorrow five wickets today beautifully bowled thanks Josh cheers thanks the TMS podcast at Headingley for the third test of the Ashes. Now, at the very start of this podcast, I warned you about Geoffrey Boycott's involvement in this episode. As you can imagine, he remained very stoic as those England wickets fell with alarming regularity. When I was growing up as a kid, my uncle Algie said to me, listen, youngster, you can't make runs in the pavilion. You've got to stay in. And to stay in, you need to have a good defence. And then from defending and being able to stay in, you move forward to playing shots and scoring. And I think it's as simple as that. They don't stay in, their defence is poor. By that, it's not just the technical sense of how to play defence, it's the mindset of playing defence and getting in. Somebody, uh, Alistair talked about Hazelwood, I've always said oh, he's a fantastic bowler like Glenn McGrath. He's not going to give you balls to score, particularly today when he souped up, his team's failed a bit with batting, for a small score, they'll be talking in the dressing room. We've all that wonderful line length. You're not going to get many to hit. So 
well, you might think you might get a few here and there. You're going to get less because he bowled fabulously. And you get spells like that where somebody bowls well, somebody gives you a few easy balls. That's the ebb and flow of test cricket. It's like the ebb and flow of sometimes you win the toss, you bat on a good pitch. Sometimes, like yesterday, I don't care who you are, you just struggle to bat on that. And they can't do it. They mentally don't seem capable. So I'd ask the question, I'd want to be talking to them in the dressing room and asking the question, what are you thinking when you play that shot? You made the point about the different shots. No point me just going into them, but there were bad shots, a lot of them. Say, what were you thinking? I need to know in your head what you are thinking. Mm. And I need to watch the coaches when they say they do training. You know, what are they teaching them? If you're just going into the nets and whacking the ball, (laughs) you know, there's no point. I'd like to know, what are you saying? What are you working on? Can I ask, I'll see if it's a relevant question or not, this. And it's a sensible question. I'm not taking the mickey. How many shots do you think you had in your lockup? Seriously. All of them, if I needed them. But But they're going to get me out. Not as many as they do now, though. No, the difference is I didn't use them. Because I know that playing up front like that, against Cummins, I think, is an exceptionally young bowler. I saw him get the wickets in Joburg. And then a couple of injuries, his groin pains. But now he's over that. He's just a wonderful fast bowl, a good line, good pace, big heart, keeps on coming. And Hazelwood, I think he's just exceptional. And but my, I would my, have my, said my point to is... Me, no, I would have said to myself, I'm not going to drive through the offside. Right. I'm not going to be forcing off the back foot because if it bounces a bit or it just moves a little, I'm going to nick it. So I'd be looking to leave everything. So I'm putting some of the shots out of it and I'm not looking to hook. No, no. I look, we've all made a mistake occasionally at that. But on the whole, you're not looking to hook against them. They're pretty sharp. And I'm looking to play so well in the corridor of uncertainty that when I play it or I leave it if I can, they bowl a bit straighter and I clip it on the onside. On drive, off my hip, anything like that. That's the safe side. Always is. And if it gives me something really full outside of stump, I'm going to hit it because I can't miss it. It's right full. But you see, some of them, they're hitting it on the up, hmm. as well, if they're playing one-day cricket. Can I go back to the question I was asking you, which is, I'm going to compare you with Jason Roy, OK? Opening no, bet. you can't. No, If I was like Jeffrey, him, I would Jeffrey, that's no, my point. don't ask me what I would say. I'm going to ask these two, then. <laughs> Alistair and Michael. Does someone like Jason Roy these days, a modern one-day batsman, have almost like sort of too many shots in his head? I mean, is that... Is he... Is has there he so got, much going on? Has he on got there? anything in his head? <laughs> Thank you, That's Jeffrey. what I'd be asking. You refuse you. to answer the question. No, uh, did, I, I mean, think you're right. I think there's that, so I, much there. There's so much... Many, yeah, correct. They've got too many options. So for that, you know, I, I look at modern players and for a delivery on off stump, for, for in, 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 in white ball cricket, that ball on off stump, they've got to be able to hit it 360 degrees. Yes. That's the modern game. They've got to have every trick to try and get the ball in all the spaces Correct. around the ground. Now, Jason Roy goes out there. He's got, he, he's got too many clubs in the bag. You know, he needs to play pitch and put and just take out yeah. a putter, a 7-9, and probably a, a pitching wedge. You look at Alistair. Alistair, the first to admit, he had a flick off a hit, pull shot, cut shot, and he drove down the ground when he was playing great. You know, that's four shots. Hmm. You know, I think a lot of the England players, and a lot of it's not just England players; it's, it's batting in general sure. around the world. The Australians aren't much better. No, they're no. not. I, I just think there's, there's so many kind of options in their mind. 
Um, you know, and then, then they lose the trust element of survival. It's, you know, we're up here saying just back for a session, but they don't trust themselves to just play and just leave and let the ball go because they believe that there'll be a ball out there mm. and they want to see that scoreboard ticking. So that's when they take on a big drive, which possibly isn't there, but they do have too many options in the bag. And mm. I think you've got to, the game has changed. And the reason I say that is that when I started, when I first started practicing cricket at six or seven in the back garden, it was only about test cricket. It's the only thing that mattered to me. I wanted to be a test player. So in the back garden, my planning against my brothers, an 11-yard pitch, it was about survival. Protect your wicket. Mm. Now, the kids, and Vaughan's kids are, growing, are young in that era, they're learning how to play the reverse sweep straight away. They're learning to every single shot because that's, there's another form of cricket. It's actually these mm. England guys... It's actually see on the telly. The whole, yeah. the whole player, every mm. single player around the world has to master three formats. And actually, I only mastered one and a half and a bit of one day cricket if we've been really honest so they've got to master three formats and it's and it is hard and you know I, when I first turned up to the professional staff at 18 I had four shots three shots and maybe a cover drive you know I had a greenhouse at extra cover so I wasn't really allowed to play <laughs> the cover drive at home so and then I, I was learned to expand my game well someone like Ravi Papara who's exactly the same age as me when I grew up when we came on the staff he had a lot more shots and as Michael Vaughan said he had to make a lot more decisions because if, if I couldn't cut it and I couldn't clip it early on in my innings I left it mm. so I was only I was making a few decisions Ravi could hit the same ball in two or three different places so actually it was harder for him to master four day cricket because he had to make more on the options and I think we're seeing we're seeing a little bit of all of that I don't think I'll get, I don't think you know over the course of five years you shouldn't see a difference because you know I've seen a lot of junior cricket and the one saying I hear all the time is dot ball percentage. What's your dot ball percentage? You've got to score off every ball. Okay. You know, it's not possible against good bowling. What's your dot ball percentage, Geoffrey? You see, I don't care. And that's what helped make him and I wonderful opening batsmen. In because test cricket. In test cricket. Well, we're only talking about test cricket. Can't talk about 2020. We're not playing the damn thing. We're playing five eight tests and the Ashes is gone. Forget about it. I mean, they're just hopeless up front. You can't find an opening bat in international cricket. I think Burns is back in the way. He's trying, but he hasn't succeeded yet. He's got a few more tests to go before we say he's, you know, he's fitted to to be there. Mm. You know, he's doing all right. What's the answer? But I mean, and and, I mean, really, you can't say we're going to have you know all this championship. Well, I was just going to tell you something. Michael got it right there, partly, and so did Alistair. The kids grow up, and I understand that they have three formats to play. I always put my hand up for them. It is difficult to change from 2020, slogging it everywhere, every ball, and 50 overs is a little bit, and then you come to test. I, I accept that. It is difficult. But you've got coaches teaching them 2020 and not test cricket. I've got parents who say to me about their kids have gone to Yorkshire for nets, my own county, and all they're being taught is 2020. And the administrators as well, if you, if you, if you really be honest, they have to take a lot of stick. All they do is promote 2020. We've got another 2020 next year because loads of money. The counties are all going to get 1.3 million more. Not as much more than what they get from the share out of international cricket as it is. And they're already going to get twice as much next year because the fees for Sky TV have gone up to 160 million instead of 80 odd million, haven't they? They're all after money. And so they're promoting the one day game. Look at. Look at the adverts everywhere about mm. 2020, the 100 overs next year, 100 balls. They don't promote test cricket. And so they have to take some stick for it, but they don't care. They're just, they're just interested in keeping their jobs as chairman, aren't they? And so the coaches are the same. Kids go to Yorkshire, they're taught 2020. Slog it. 
Some of them don't want to sloggy. Mm. And at 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, it's not easy to sloggy. Can I ask the, the players coming out, the most junior member here, the one who has made, played all these things, how different is it to your batting rhythm and, and what's going on in your mind when you're changing from playing a T20 game to playing a test match or a championship game? What, what, what actually, what's going on that's... that's you know, that is different between the two. Well, it's I, I don't, it's very different. But the the thing I'm going back to is when you're growing up, I only really practiced four day cricket. Mm. So I had hours and hours and hours of defending the ball, leaving the ball. Kids now are not practicing that as much because they are practicing other shots. They're practicing, and that is it. And to yeah. become very good, whether you believe in the ten thousand hours or whatever method you believe to become an international cricketer, you've got to work very hard and you've got to do hours and hours of training. I just think at the moment we're seeing a generation who are diluted because they're playing three forms rather than when Michael and I and Jeffrey play, mainly played, it was mainly one form. Do you know on top of what he says, if they taught the kids to have a good technique for proper cricket, as we call it, they'd be able to then mature and expand into other. But they're not. They're taking them as kids and teaching them 2020. That's the without, wrong way around. So, the so they turn up like Jason Roy... He couldn't block if he tried. <laughs> the, one thing, mean, the one thing... There's I more w- chance of a tractor doing his job than him. <laughs> the TMS Podcast at the Ashes. Download and subscribe via the BBC Sounds app. Thanks to Geoffrey, Alistair and Michael. We're back on air from 10.30 tomorrow morning on 5 Live Sports Extra and the BBC Sounds app. In the meantime, catch highlights of today's play on the BBC Sport website and the app. Goodbye for now. Available every day during every test. This is the TMS podcast at the Ashes from BBC Radio 5 Live.